0: I was glad when they said unto me, We will go into the house of the Lord. O Lord, open thou our lips.
1: And our mouth shall show forth thy praise.
0: Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost.
1: As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world
0: without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Together, Psalm 95 on page 459. Psalm 92 on the bottom of page 455. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord, and to sing praises unto thy name, O most highest. To tell of thy loving-kindness
1: early in the morning, and of thy truth in the night season.
0: Upon an instrument of ten strings, and upon the lute, upon a loud instrument, and upon the harp.
1: For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy works, and I will rejoice in giving praise for the operation of thy hands. O
0: Lord, how glorious are thy works! Thy thoughts are very deep.
1: An unwise man doth not well consider this, and a fool doth not understand it.
0: When the ungodly are green as the grass, and when all the workers of wickedness do flourish, then shall they be destroyed for ever. But thou, Lord, art the Most Highest for evermore.
1: For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, lo, thine enemies shall perish, and all the workers of wickedness shall be destroyed.
0: But my horn shall be exalted like the horn of a unicorn, for I am anointed with fresh oil. Mine eye also shall see
1: his his lust of mine enemies, and mine ear shall hear his desire of the wicked that rise up against me.
0: The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, and shall spread abroad like a cedar in Lebanon.
1: Such as are planted in the house of the Lord,
0: shall flourish in the courts of the house of our God. They also shall bring forth more fruit in their age, and shall be fat and well-liking. That they may
1: show how true the Lord my strength is, and that there is no unrighteousness in him.
0: Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost.
1: As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the third chapter of Judges. Now these are the nations which the Lord left, that he might test Israel by them, that is, all who had not known any of the wars in Canaan. This was only so that the generations of the children of Israel might be taught to know war, at least those who had not formerly known it, namely five lords of the Philistines, all the Canaanites, the Sidonians, and the Hivites, who dwelt in Mount Lebanon, from Mount Baal-Hermon to the entrance of Hamath. And they were left that he might test Israel by them to know whether they would obey the commandments of the Lord, which he had commanded to their fathers by the hand of Moses. Thus the children of Israel dwelt among the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezarites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites and they took their daughters to be their wives and gave their daughters to their sons and they served their gods so the children of israel did evil in the sight of the lord they forgot the lord their god and served Baals and asherah therefore the anger of the lord was hot against israel and he sold them into the hand of kushon Reshothim, king of mesopotamia and king of the of it, and the children of israel served kushon-rishathim 8 years when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the children of Israel, who delivered them, Othniel, the son of Canaz, Caleb's younger brother. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he judged Israel. He went out to war, and the Lord delivered Cushan-Rishathaim, king of Mesopotamia, into his hand, and his hand prevailed over Cushan-Rishathaim. So the land had rest for forty years. Then Othniel, the son of Canaz, died. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord strengthened Eglon, king of Moab, against Israel, because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. Then he gathered to himself the people of Ammon and Amalek, went and defeated Israel, and took possession of the city of Palms. So the children of Israel served Eglon, king of Moab, eighteen years but when the children of israel cried out to the lord the lord raised up a deliverer for them ehud the son of Gera the benjamite a left-handed man by him the children of israel sent tribute to eglon king of moab now ehud made himself a dagger it was double-edged and a cubit in length and fastened it under his clothes on his right thigh so he brought the tribute to eglon king of moab now eglon was a very fat man And when he had finished presenting the tribute, he sent away the people who had carried the tribute. But he himself turned back from the stone images that were at Gilgal, and said, I have a secret message for you, O king. He said, Keep silence. And all who attended him went out from him. So Ehud came to him. Now he was sitting upstairs in his cool private chamber. Then Ehud said, I have a message from God for you. So he arose from his seat. Then Ehud reached with his left hand, took the dagger from his right thigh, and thrust it into his belly. Even the hilt went in after the blade, and the fat closed over the blade, for he did not draw the dagger out of his belly, and his entrails came out. Then Ehud went out through the porch, shut the doors of the upper room behind him, and locked them. When he had gone out, Eglon's servants came to look, and to their surprise the doors of the upper room were locked. So they said, He is probably attending to his needs in a cool chamber. So they waited till they were embarrassed, and still he had not opened the doors of the upper room. Therefore they took the key and opened them. And there was their master fallen dead on the floor. But Ehud had escaped while they delayed, and passed beyond the stone images and escaped to Saraiah. And it happened, when he arrived, that he blew the trumpet in the mountains of Ephraim, and the children of Israel went down from with him from the mountains and he led them then he said to them follow me for the Lord has delivered your enemies the Moabites into your hand so they went down after him seized the fords of the Jordan leading to Moab and did not allow anyone to cross over and at that time they killed about ten thousand men of Moab all stout men of valor not a man escaped so Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel and the land had rest for 80 years after him was Shamgar the son of Anath, who killed six hundred men of the Philistines with an ox goad, and he also delivered Israel. Here endeth the first lesson.
0: Benedictus S. on page 11 Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
1: Here beginneth the eleventh verse of the seventh chapter of the Gospel of St. Luke. Now it happened the day after that, that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him in a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, the dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carry him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. Then fear came upon all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen up among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him went throughout all Judea and the surrounding region. Here endeth the second lesson.
0: Benedictus on page 14 Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people.
1: And grant us thy salvation.
0: O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take
1: not thy Holy Spirit from us.
0: O Lord, we beseech thee mercifully to hear us, and grant that we, to whom thou hast given a hearty desire to pray, may, by thy mighty aid, be defended and comforted in all dangers and adversities, Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, and knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom. Defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall to no sin, neither run into any kind of danger but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Good
2: morning to all. We continue our story in Judges, which I think the book of Judges in general is a sort of warning against this kind of faith that um, is vibrant and turns to God in the moment of crisis and then after the rescue takes place, reverts to all of its old unfaithful patterns. And that's the the regular theme of of judges. And God sends a judge to deliver the people, to rouse them up. And then when he goes away, they, they fall back into their local unfaithful patterns because the presence of all these Canaanite people they didn't drive out means all of their idolatrous worship is present there. And Israel naturally mix, mixes into that, and this is kind of the thing where, where it talks about they intermarried with um, the inhabitants of the land. It, it isn't really a problem that they that that you know that a, a Jewish person would marry a native Canaanite, uh, for example. Um, uh, um, Rahab will, will fall in this category. What the problem is is when that. Native Canaanite doesn't become fully attached to the religion of Israel. The, the difficulty is when the marriage draws one away from faithfulness into unfaithfulness. This remains the issue in the church when we talk about you know who we sh- who someone should marry and being married in the faith. There's always the temptation to marry someone that 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 draws one away. From, from devotion and falls into the pattern of judges. We wonder why things don't go so well. And things not going so well are not only even that um, in the Christian life when we drift, it's not even so much that bad visible things happen so much as it is we just drift away from vibrant life in relationship to God, because ultimately life lived just in the world, just getting things isn't enough. <clears throat> and so we drift away from God. We're we're left in that kind of dull existence where it's just about the things of the world. <clears throat> There's a couple of interesting about the judges passage. One that the opening opening um, verses where it said uh, that the natives of, of Canaan, Canaanite peoples were left to teach the, the uh, generations how to do battle um, and. I think this is something to remember in the spiritual life that that there are enemies yet to conquer within ourselves and in our lives of prayer and, and that the spiritual life should be seen as a battle. That is, we have to arm ourselves and be ready for the things that are about us. One of the, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the um, real problems of the spiritual life when it's seen as a kind of passive salvation we receive and just live in and not um, a life within us that needs to be cultivated and is growing towards a telos, and therefore needs to be involved go- in, a, in a battle plan, um, which is the spiritual warfare. <clears throat> also, the story of Ehud, the left-handed man, is a, is a fun one. He's the Heidi, the left-handed man, is nobody would expect. The sword to be on the right side because most people are right-handed, and the sword hit will be on the left. so Who is more able to sneak the weapon into this palace and pull it out and do in the the king that that uh, brought Israel to deliverance? When we get to the New Testament. Uh, I think this um, story is is it's always been one that's a, bit, a little. Um, there's a kind of, I don't know, eeriness if that's the word. If you've ever been to a funeral or a graveside service where you walk to the grave and just to envision that this is happening, you're reading you know the sentences in the burial office um, and all of a sudden somebody walks in from the side with a group of followers, touches the coffin the door opens and the, guy, and the and the person sits up. I mean, this is what's happening in this story. And it's like, whoa, what's going on here? Um, and it's sort of that the march to death meets the march to life and is conquered. And this is, of course, an image of resurrection as one of the three resurrection stories along with Jairus's daughter and Lazarus in the New Testament where Jesus takes somebody who has died and raises them back to life. It's also a type of our ultimate resurrection because Jesus issues a command. The young man, i say, arise. And we're, the, the image we're given of the coming of Christ and the last day is that the, that the Christ will come and there'll be a cry of command, uh, which will be rise. And since Jesus is Lord, he can command and all will, all must obey and the dead will rise. And to tie the two together, I think the resurrection imagery is the images of our life. First of all, of our baptism, we're buried with Christ and raised through the gift of the spirit we receive in baptism. But the life of prayers is this continual rising and, and only by persevering in our life for prayer can really avoid the pattern of judges where we have emergency prayer, where things are great, and then we kind of digress into our, our prayerless life distant from God. It's this ordinary faithfulness in prayer. We come each day and participate again, receive again that life from Christ that raises us up and enables us to approach life faithfully. And that's kind of the challenge of ordinary faithfulness, sort of epitomized by the Trinity season, where there's not a great feast or a great thing to do. It's just getting up each day, staying connected to God, being faithful in the ordinary tasks, and persevering in that. And that, um, Produces fruit. It uh, builds upon that solid foundation of, of of Christ, and avoids those extreme spiritual emergencies that, that we see in Judges, where we make major compromises and digress, and have to come back and be be delivered. So, living in Christ in the life, or living in Christ in the spirit, the re- the risen life, is the essence of life for prayer that keeps us from the sort of unhealthy spiritual condition that we see in the book of judges a couple thoughts about today's lessons
0: we continue with a prayer for all conditions of men on the bottom of page 18. O god the creator and preserver of all mankind we humbly beseech Thee for all sorts and conditions of men that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them thy saving health unto all nations more especially we pray for thy holy church universal and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining us in prayer this morning. Hope you have a great
1: Wednesday.